right, we want to greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and uh, we are grateful to the Lord for everyone that's here today. All right, if the Lord will, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're going to have some people come out uh, that's going to play a role for us today, just for to this hour. We're not going to hold you long. Go ahead and get them. I'm not going to tell you what role Brother Linder is playing. Come on in front of the camera so people can see. So I'm not going to tell you what role Brother Linder is playing, but I will tell you the role that <coughs> Brother Charles is playing. Y'all stand up just for a second, Darren. Brother Charles, his last name is Lever. Everybody say Lever. Lever. And his first name is B. <laughs> So who is he now? What is he now? Now what chance does he have against Brother, brother Linda? If they got into a fist fight, who would win? Everybody, <laughs> what chance does anybody have against Brother Linda? All right, y'all can sit down now. Now you see believers change to somebody. And no matter where he want to go, no matter what he want to do, he does not have his free will at this moment. He's got to follow <laughs> the one that's mightier than him. Does everybody understand that? And that's the life of a lot, of a lot of believers. They have a will to do something. Does everybody understand that? And Paul writes about that in the, in the book of Romans. He says that that thing that I would do, I cannot. He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Does everybody see that? And so there's a body of death. And so many believers are caught up with that body of death. So many believers, so many believers want to break free and, and don't know how. Have a, have a will to do something. Don't want to be the way they are. And, and have a will. Sin, uh, have a sincere desire. But something <clears throat> stronger than they themselves is chained to them. And they have to obey it. Isn't that something now? So we have believers... And I, I want you to think about this. You know, in the past, you may have seen yourself going at a steady pace. Most of us uh, in our lives, we have um, 
especially after we get out of high school and things, we set our minds on a particular career, or just, you know, living life, and it seemed that everything is going well, everything is going fine. And we see ourselves at a steady pace, just steady pace, just, and it just looks like life is worth living, just going at a steady pace, especially in marriage and things like that. You know, we, we get married, we have children, we have a job, we have a place to live, we're providing, we're doing all these things. And, and But, you know, it just looked like life is going well. And then at some point, something comes in our path and it stops us. And that's where we stay. We get stalled. And it's at that moment that we begin to question what is our lot in life? What, is, what are exactly are we supposed to be doing? And why am I not moving at the pace? I'm not even moving anymore. Why am I not moving at the pace that I was moving at before? Why does it seem like I, just life has just come to a standstill for me? And so what happens after that realization, after people come to that realization that life has come to a standstill, they're not even thinking about this, because see, this is spiritual right here. They're not thinking about this. They, they still think that they're their own God. And because of that, because I'm God, I can fix it myself. So if I'm single, then the answer is getting married. If I'm married, then the answer is having children. If we got all of that, then the answer is buying a house. If we got that, then the answer is buying a car, or a newer car, or a better car. If we got that, then the answer is let's plan for a vacation and let's all go on a vacation. If we got that, then let's go join a good church where they got a good children's program. If we, if we have all of that, then let's, let's find another place. Let's, you know what, I haven't been over to Europe yet. Let's go to Europe. And the devil's got all kind of solutions to keep you from looking at what's going on right in your face. He's, he presents you with a fix for this standstill. Does everybody understand that? I, except it's not a fix. It's a Band-Aid. I mean, you know, Band-Aids do more harm than good. You know what God's natural Band-Aid is for you? It's the scab. There's not a person in this world need a Band-Aid. <laughs> it's funny, I saw a commercial the other day. I guess they just come out with it, you know, where black people are celebrating because they finally come out with Band-Aids, our skin tone. How many of you seen that foolishness? It's our time. That's what they, that's the commercial. Let's celebrate black people. We've made a big accomplishment. <laughs> so you see another fix there? Because I was depressed until they come out with this Band-Aid. <laughs> I tell you, it's going to be a shame to be black pretty soon. The, the little victories we get with the Band-Aid It's a shame what society have come to. 
all that you see around you is people not seeing this and trying to fix it through natural means. A dead standstill. And really thinking that there's more to life. It's got to be, I'm at this standstill, so I've accomplished everything that I want to accomplish. So let's go, let's go see if we can find something else to conquer. And we're going to do everything but go to God and see what the real issue is. Does everybody understand that? So the way we're supposed to look at it spiritually, uh, is when we come to a standstill, and we know we're serving God, when we come to a standstill, we should know that we have been arrested. Something in the kingdom of darkness have arrested you. Now, when I was, uh, you know, when, when out in the world, naturally so, when a police officer, if they approach you to arrest you, you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, turn around. Some of us have been there. I have. Turn around. Put your hand behind your back. Your name is John Bolden, right? You're John? Yes, sir. Yes, I am. Okay, we are arresting you. You're being charged with such and such, whatever that may be, with theft, whatever that may be. Does everybody understand? So by law, police officials, government officials, while they're arresting you, they have to tell you why you are under arrest. But in the spiritual world, the kingdom of darkness don't tell you that. And they're hoping that you don't figure out that you've been arrested. They'll let you spend years and years. Does everybody understand that? The, the idea is you're in jail and you're trying to find vacations to go on while you're behind bars. Now, of course, you know that's impossible. But, you know, it don't stop believers from trying arrested, in jail, charged with something, but have no idea. Man, I, you know, my only hope for getting out of here is Jesus Christ. Not even thinking that they're in jail. Why? Because I, look, look at the house I live in. Look at the car I drive. Look, I got a successful family, a, a good job. How in the world are you telling me I'm under arrest? And unfortunately, many believers, they go by the world standards. And the devil is hoping that you do that. I, I got $100 left over after every paycheck. I'm doing good. And the devil don't mind. Listen, uh, brothers and sisters, they feed people for free in prison. But how many, so how many of you want that life? Yeah, they, they feed you. You got a place to stay. You ain't got to pay rent. That's not a good life. <laughs> Anybody see that? According to one of our brothers that worked there, they let them play video games. Another brother that worked there, they, bring, they have uh, pizza night and hot wings to encourage them. 
That don't sound like a deal to y'all? No, you know why? Because when you're done eating the hot wings, when you're done playing your little video game, you realize I still got to go back to my cell. I'm still in jail. I still can't do what I want to do. This ain't better than being free. And the Bible says, whom the Son set free is free indeed. You see, human beings can't get you out of jail. All we can do is bring you another game to play. We can buy you some new shoes, but you still gonna have on your little orange jumpsuit. Does everybody understand that? And what people have settled for is for those little spurts of victories. Yeah, I'm in jail, but even if they, yeah, that's if they realize they're in jail. But see, the devil, he's got people so focused on natural things until they, don't, they forget that they're even in jail. What do you mean I'm in jail? I can play games. Do they understand that? What do you mean I'm in jail? We have pizza night. Is that God's will, brothers and sisters? And so I'm telling you, if you've come to a standstill, the devil have arrested you. And this morning, you're going to find out what the charge is. That's the character that Brother Linder is playing. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Does everybody understand? So who all think that's a good deal? Jail, you know, free rent? How many of you pay rent? So you don't, so don't want to <laughs> stop paying rent? How many of you pay for food? So you don't want free food? That's not a good deal? Does everybody see now? So then my question is this. If you won't trade your freedom for the freebies, then why are you willing to do it spiritually? Quit looking at what you got naturally and making do with your prison life. You need to come out of jail. You know why? Because they got food outside of there. God will pay your bills. He'll provide for you either way. Or is it just easier to live in prison? Because you don't have to take responsibility for nothing. Half the people in prison didn't do it. <laughs> Ain't guilty of a thing. It was the man. <laughs> Whoever that is. I'd like to meet this man <laughs> that people talk about. And does everybody understand that? So people, they, at some point, they realize that they are stuck and they look for ways to jumpstart themselves. Does anybody understand? How I many of you have ever had to jump off a car or get your vehicle jumped off? And you know, people spend their lives doing that. People spend their lives doing that. They go on vacation, they come back and come back to the same <laughs> dead-end life that they left. That's what this world is about. That's what this world is about. You know, without God, without God, 
people can only grow so far or go so far in life and then they come to a dead end. They come to a dead end in their lives and then they have to look for reasons and look for ways to get out of that dead end. And so what they do is they take, they take vacations, they take breaks, listen, from their life. There are people that will pay $500,000 for a home and, and don't even like being in it. This is boring. Let's get out the house. No, we're going to stay right here, at least until we done paid for it. Does anybody understand that? Wives all over the world will beg their husbands, buy me a house, I, we, let's get a house, and then don't want to be a housewife. <laughs> Isn't that something now? What is it? This is what's done happened. But they're not seeing that. And the devil is depending on their ignorance to keep them in the place that they're in. Do they understand that? Again, what chance does the believer have against the fellow that's sitting on side of him? None. You're going to have to do what he wants you to do. Does everybody understand that? And the thing about it is that that fellow, the, the biggest one behind me, he's an invisible force. Now you imagine being chained to something that you can't see. That's what makes people try to figure out how to get, how do I break loose from this? You're chained to a, a power that's greater than you and can't figure out how. Uh, what is this? Don't even have enough sense a lot of times to even know that I'm chained. Just know that something is wrong. Something is off. But, but, but can't figure it out. Now that's something. It, it's one thing <laughs> to be in jail. It's another thing to be in jail where you, that's got bars in it that you can't see. This prison house that we talk about, this spiritual prison house, there are no bars there that you can see. Now they're there. But you can't see them. Why? Because that's the kingdom of darkness illusion. See, the illusion is, it's your house. You got furniture in there. You got it all set up the way you want it set up. So nobody's telling you that you're in jail. You, in fact, you paid for it. Nobody's telling you that you're in jail. Nobody. Does everybody understand that? And what the devil has done is, is he has kept you in the confines until you're satisfied with that. You, you've even talked yourself out of believing that, they, that you are confined at all. Does everybody understand now? Let's go to the ninth chapter. Let's go to the ninth chapter of, of the book of uh, Matthew. My daddy, at his tallest, he was 6'5". And so when I, you know, hit high school, I thought, well, I'd be that height. Except I didn't make it that height. <laughs> I'm about four inches shorter than him. Four, four inches shorter than he was. And so, you know, what do I have to blame for it? My mother, who was 5'7". <laughs> Does everybody understand that? 
Does everybody understand? Now, here's what I want you to see about what I'm saying. If my daddy could have produced me, him, produced me by himself, I would have been 6'5". But listen, and, I, and I'm not saying this to, to, uh, to be facetious or anything, but the fact that he was married to a woman that was shorter than him, just naturally so, none of us, none of his children made it to his stature. Listen, brothers and sisters, when you marry Christianity to the kingdom of darkness, when you refuse to give up those things that God have told you to give up, when you marry those two kingdoms together, you're going to always be shorter than your 6'5 Jesus Christ. And you'll wonder, why am I not tall? Why am I not as tall? Why haven't I meet, met the stature, the full stature of Jesus Christ? I'll tell you why. Because you've made him a part-time daddy. He's just a weekend daddy. Your other daddy, you spend <laughs> more time with him during the weekday. Does everybody understand now? So that's not God's will. You know, now here's the fortunate thing about it. When God give us the revelation of what we're going to hear today, you know, when I, you know, by the time we get out of high school, we've grown as, as high as we're going to go. If you, if you 5'10", and you're 19 years old, you probably won't grow any taller than that. In fact, you know, sometimes people, after they reach their, their height, as they get older, they begin to get shorter. But it's not so in the kingdom of God. Right now, I am 47 years old. You know, if I had things holding on, if I was holding on to things of the kingdom of darkness, even though I'm, I'm only 6'1 now, I can let those things go and continue to grow. It doesn't matter what my age is. You're not too old to grow in the kingdom of God. But what about us that say, you know what, I'm, I'm done. You hate correction. I'm grown. You know, I was telling my wife, you know, some of this morning, some of our problem is this. You know, we do things wrong during the week, and we can expect, okay, when I come to church, I'm going to hear about it. The Lord is going to call it out. And we expect that. We expect for God to call out our junk, listen, that we can see. But then God gets to calling out stuff that's hidden way deep down, and you know it's you. Now I'm offended. Now I'm angry. Because you weren't supposed to know about it. or Because I, I didn't even know it was there. So how do I know it's there? When I get stirred up. Something stirs up on the inside of me. I get upset. I, didn't, I don't even know that you're talking about me. But I'm stirred up about it. So now you know it's you. <laughs> and you got a choice to make. Do I repent? Don't say, Lord, is it me? It's you. Do I repent or do I get offended because of the audacity of Jesus Christ to pull out something that I didn't know was there?
Does everybody see that now? Is everybody there? The ninth chapter of the book of Matthew. Let's start reading at verse 1 now. It says, And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. Everybody see that? And behold, they brought to him a man sick of what? Sick of what now? That word pause is where we get our word paralyzed. He was paralyzed. Does everybody understand what that means? You notice what it says there? Every time somebody was paralyzed in the Bible and they wanted healing, they had to be brought. Their bodies had gone as far as it could go and they couldn't move anymore. And so they had to be brought to a certain location. Does everybody see that? So the man was paralyzed and he said, Jesus Christ said, son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be what? Thy sins be what now? Everybody see that? Isn't that strange? And look what verse 3 says. And behold, certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, everybody see that? Why? Why did he have to know their thoughts? Because they said it within themselves. And oftentimes people don't know that the kingdom of God, they hear, it hears your thoughts. Your thoughts are just as loud as your words. This is what people don't want to deal with. You cannot, you cannot hide your heart from God. Does everybody understand that now? Have I revealed what, what, what role Brother Linder is playing yet? But y'all see him sitting here though, don't you? <laughs> and that's the way people are with God. It's sitting there just as plain as day. But we ain't gonna speak on it. We ain't gonna say nothing. I think I can hide it. Is Brother Linder hiding? So he says, verse 4, and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil? In where? Where now? Where? A lot of times people think evil comes out of the mouth. It may, it may, but it starts in the heart. These people had enough sense not to say that out loud. And you can live 50, 40, 30 years not speaking evil out of your mouth, but it's still being in your heart. Listen, brothers and sisters, it's not what you portray to people who you really are. It's that stuff that's, that you having to fight off on the inside. That's who you are. Does everybody understand that? You think about what would happen if, if, if Brother Charles here tried to get loose? You think he's not up here fighting? Is he going to be able to break free? And neither can you until this is acknowledged. Lord, I am chained to something that's bigger than me. And I'm going to have to confess it. 
And believers would try for years to not confess. Don't want to even acknowledge that this situation is going on. But will spend years trying not to confess and hoping nobody sees Brother Linda. Does everybody see now? Will live their lives year after year after year thanking God that nobody can see it. And, and never asking God to remove it. Does everybody see? And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, Christianity, the life of a believer, ought not to be torment. So this has been going on for years. Does everybody understand? This was behind me and I hope everybody can see it, has been going on for years. Now here's the issue. Brother Linder, and the part that he plays, he comes with sickness and diseases. It, it ain't just the fact that you can't go get ahead in life. He's, he has torment in his back pocket. The part that he's playing. He has diseases with the part. Does everybody understand that now? He has sickness, health issues. There, there's a whole lot of blockades going on there. When Brother Little Charles here, when he goes to church, he can't even hear what God is saying. You know why? Because the character he's playing is in his ear. Talking about the character that Brother Linda is playing. is in his ear. Distracting him. Does everybody see that now? Oh, he comes with a whole, he comes, he's loaded. Let's read verse 5. Let, let's read verse 4 again. It says, And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it's e easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to do what? To do what now? To do what? What was the man's problem? Naturally so, he was sick of the palsy. Naturally so. That was just the way it was displaying. He was paralyzed. Naturally so. That was just the way it was displaying. But what was his real problem? What sin? I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and reveal what Brother Linders, what part he's playing just for this hour. <clears throat> his last name is Ness. Middle name, Give. First name, Unfor. So what's his name? What is it now? <laughs> and that'll stop you every time. Unforgiveness paralyzes believers. Unforgiveness. Does everybody understand that now? <clears throat> 
So you see, the Lord didn't even address the palsy. Do you know the Lord was done talking when he said, Sons, be of good, Son, be of good cheer. Thy sins be forgiven thee. Why did he tell the man to be of good cheer? You know why? Because he had not forgiven himself. And so if those people hadn't been around to see that, this is what was supposed to happen. The Lord would just come across the man. They'd bring the man to him. He'd say, son, be of good cheer. Your sins be forgiven thee. And he'd have kept walking. That was that man's clue. But see, he wasn't taught that. But that was his clue. You know what? If my sins are forgiven, I can stand up and walk. If he had been taught, he would have known unforgiveness is what had me paralyzed. All I need to know is that I'm forgiven and that I have forgiven everybody that trespasses against me. Does everybody see now? But see, he was stuck in that rut too. In prison. And listen, and this is the name of this message. Arrested by unforgiveness. You see, unforgiveness is a prison. It is an invisible force that follows you around. And if you have it, it is chained to you. And no matter what you want to do in life, no matter how much you want to love people, no matter how much you want to get close to people, unforgiveness will keep you from trusting people enough to get close to them. So you notice the Lord didn't go lay his hands on the man. Did everybody notice that? Let's keep reading here. Verse 6, he says, But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, in other words, turning to him, Arise, take up thy bed, and go unto thine house. Everybody see that? And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto who? Which had given such power unto who? You know, God had given you the power to forgive. He has given you the power. Listen, now that ought to tell us something. It takes some power to forgive. Oh, yeah, it does. And that power comes from God. Now, everybody else is faking. Everybody else is just trying to avoid people to keep from punching you in the face. Everybody's, so it's old. It's old. I hadn't thought about that in years. But do you have the power to forgive? And that's what, that's what people do. It's 20 years old. I ain't thought about that. I'm over it. Uh, are you? Let's sit down and talk about it. Let's talk about all the details and see how fast it takes, how long it takes before you start crying. Let me, let me take my knife and dig in there. Did he really do that to you? You gonna take that? 20 years later. You been, yeah, I was a wimp back then. I wish I could have done something. I ain't no punk. Does everybody understand that? And just because you done forgot about it, 
just because you're not crying about it every year don't mean you have not for, that you've forgiven. How do you know when you haven't forgiven? When you have been stagnated. When you stop moving. And truth be told, you're stuck in the same spot where you chose not to forgive. Does everybody understand that now? You stuck there. Oh, you might be 15 years older. Naturally so, according to your birth certificate. But if you were 15 when you chose not to forgive, you, you still childlike in that manner. You still making the same decisions that 15-year-olds make. God is obligated to keep you there. And he'll allow <laughs> the devil of unforgiveness to keep you there. God will be unjust to let you keep advancing in life with that unforgiveness. Does everybody understand now? Does everybody see that now? Didn't the Bible say that God has given power to men to forgive? So you know what, you know what the, the key is to forgiving? Asking God for the power of it. Lord, you said in your word that you've given us the power to. I, please let me allow, allow me to do that. But see, pride thinks it can forgive on its own. It thinks I can just move on. I, we ain't going to talk about this anymore. That's really hard, especially for men. Especially for men. Men don't want to talk about nothing that's done that damaged us emotionally. And since a lot of women have taken on manly natures, they hate to cry in front of people. Don't want I can't show no weakness. Does everybody see? That's your clue. That unforgiveness is there. People put this hard shell around them to cover the hurt that unforgiveness, that forgiveness would relieve them of if they would forgive. But instead of people saying, you know what, I need to forgive and let go and, and go on in life so I can get my nature back. Especially women. They put this hard shell around them. We got young men today walking around with guns ready to shoot people. Why? Because they can't forgive the fact that daddy wasn't in the home to raise them. Does everybody understand now? A man, little boys, need to be validated by grown men. And so then somebody in the kingdom of darkness comes. Usually gang leaders, drug dealers, they come in valid. You want to be a man? You want to make this money? Get out on this corner and sell drugs. They'll do anything to be validated. That's what people are looking for, validation. But listen, brothers and sisters, being chained to unforgiveness, you won't find validation at all. You'll start trying to validate yourself with your vacations, with your cars, with your houses, with all those things. Does everybody understand that now? So the Bible says that God has given men power 
have given power to men to forgive. Isn't that right now? All right, Brother Charles. Go ahead and do what I asked you to do. And I want you to understand that. You see what he got there? The whole time, the key was in his pocket. The whole time, the key was in his pocket. Go ahead and unwrap yourself. You free. Everybody see that now? So, did that take a prayer meeting? Did that take a deliverance service? <laughs> you can go now. You free to go. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you keep that with you. For the next time the devil come and try to strap you down. <laughs> Everybody see. And here's unforgiveness, waiting on the next victim. Who else can I get? Who else can I get? Everybody understand that now? Who else didn't listen to the word about praying for your enemies? Who else don't believe it when the word says that you can, if you, those that love the word of God, the law of God, won't be offended? Who else don't believe that? Who's not believing what the Bible says? Because I'm waiting on somebody else to lock up to, to chain. Does everybody understand that? And an unforgiveness is so slick, it'll let you keep living in the realm that you're used to living in. Unforgiveness ain't going to take your house from you. It ain't going to take your car. It's, it, but listen, but what it's going to do, it's going to put a, a, some bars around your property. Does everybody see that now? Is that God's will? Brothers and sisters, God has given us the power to forgive. We always had the key. We better use it. We better use it. If we want to grow, if we want to keep moving in life, if we're tired of disappointments, we better use that key. Does everybody understand that now? All right, let's stand for prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Thank you, Lord, for the word that you've preached us today. And God, we pray right now we, that you will help us, Lord, to acknowledge the unforgiveness that we've been chained to it, O oh Lord. Help us to identify the areas that we're holding unforgiveness in. Help us to identify the people that we have not forgiven. Lord, right now, by the power that you have given us according to your word, O oh God, we release them and we let them go. Forgive us, Lord, for holding on to unforgiveness. Forgive us, O oh God, for ignoring your word, for not extending grace and mercy to people. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for hindering our own walk with you. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to find ways 
to appease flesh so we wouldn't recognize that we had been stalled. Right now, God, by your mighty power, we do what your word says, Lord. We forgive people their trespasses. The prisons that we have locked people in with our unforgiveness, Lord, we release them right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Also, God, we forgive ourselves of our sins. Lord, forgive us for expecting us, expecting you to forgive us, and we not forgive ourselves. So right now, Lord, we forgive ourselves for every past mistake that we've made, every sin that we have committed, Lord, against you and against others. We release ourselves of that debt, Lord. And right now, God, we accept the newness of life. Lord, we ask this week that you will give us a sign that we're no longer stalled. Even though right now, Lord, we accept it by faith that we are not stalled. Lord, we ask you for a sign this week. And we'll give you the glory and the honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Why don't you come up and dismiss us?